Hello, and welcome to episode three of the Bastion Podcast. My name is Eddie Jung. And my name is Sebastian Patino. And today we're going to be diving into sort of the biggest problem within the fitness industry and pretty much everything you need to know regarding that, how to navigate it. Um, but before that, I kind of want to start with at least what is good in the industry before we dive into all of the horrible issues that I have seen personally, um, being 10 years in the fitness industry at this point. Um, so first, let's talk about a little bit of the good we've seen before we sort of rip it apart. Um, so from my perspective, I think there's been a lot of good, you know, there has been a lot of mass exposure with social media of just general fitness information, um, exercises, fitness influencers, which has gotten people more thinking about fitness. Definitely. There's a lot more people who are going to the gym, people younger than ever are starting to work out now and seeing exercise as more of a hobby than something they need to do, which is awesome. Um, but however, the only issue with all of that is there's so much information out there and so many people trying to prey on the amount of information out there that a lot of that information ends up being false to get you to buy a certain product, a program, or whatever. Um, so at the end of the day, there are good things with the industry. A lot more people are active. A lot more people are, are aware of, of, you know, sort of their health consciousness, especially after COVID. I think, um, you know, even with my own family, I've noticed that they have taken their diet way more seriously, their nutrition a lot more seriously, um, going to the gym and exercising. A lot more people are seeing it as more of a hobby rather than something they need to do. Yeah, I want to I wanna talk about, um, so obviously there's a lot of good in this industry, right? There's a lot of availability, a lot of exposure, and a lot of unique voices. And something that I want to talk about, and I think we're going to reach this eventually at some point in this conversation, is um, influencers specifically. Now, we know that anyone with like a phone or a camera, anyone under the sun with these things can begin to develop a following on social media, posting consistently, even if the information that they're spreading about fitness may not be uh, scientifically based. But I wanted to get your input on these influencers, these personas, these internet personas that actually do have some merit to what they're saying. Mm -hmm. um, and specifically, I wanted to talk about the likes of Jeff Nippard and Jeremy Ethier. Are you familiar with these people? Uh, with Jeff Nippard, not Jeremy, actually. No. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, there are definitely influencers and faces out there that give a lot of good information like Jeff Nipper, there's Mike Isretel, there's, um, you know, even like some of the best bodybuilders out there like Chris Bumstead, he, he's, he even gives really great information, is open about his, you know, PED usage and steroid usage on stage. Um, so there definitely is good aspects to it. It just really comes down to like, what sort of information are they sharing? What kind of background do they have? Because at the end of the day, I think the people who often abuse their power are the ones that use their aesthetics or use the way they look to market whatever product they're selling the most. Um, and I'll find that a lot of the people that tend to have the best information don't necessarily look the best, ironically. Mm. Um, I mean, that is an issue in and of itself, and I see why that's so common and why so many people look towards those people that look better. But at the end of the day, um, a lot of genetics play into it, a lot of genetics play into how, how muscular you can be. Um, there is also a lot of lying in this industry, if you aren't already familiar with that. Uh, it, pretty much anyone in the industry kind of knows um, that there is a lot of lying about using performance-enhancing drugs and steroids to get themselves to look good. Um, you know, people younger and younger are now using it, and you'll see even, like, 
in the gyms that you go to, you would be shocked at the number, the percentage of the, the people in there that are already using it. You know, you don't have to look amazing to be on this stuff. And it's becoming more and more widely accepted. Um, but the information out there is like really scarce despite that, which is really odd to me. I want to <clears throat> I want to talk about um, genetics, right? You you totally mentioned this. And I think that's something really, really deceptive about the fitness industry, um, you know, on social media, on YouTube. It's that there are essentially these really, really great looking, huge, fit, um, slim, basically ideal body types of people that are sharing a lot of information saying like, you should do this, this is what I do, and it works for me, so you should do it too. I think something that we need to keep in mind is that essentially these these people, a lot of these people are essentially models, right? So they've been gifted genetically. And because of this, it doesn't necessarily mean that they're doing something uh, better than us, right? And so it doesn't mean that we should be listening to them all the time, um, you know, listening to every word, no matter what they say. Yeah. Uh, I think a prime example of this is, have you, you know, Liver King? I, yes, I am aware <laughs> of Liver King. Um, this is a, a great example because it, it literally happened perfectly te by textbook. Basically, he had built up this entire following. If you aren't familiar with him, this guy is, you can look up a picture, he is just, you know, definition of a man by textbook. This guy has his shirts off all the time, shredded six-pack abs, although there are some... Uh, conspiracies how he got those implanted but <laughs> um shredded year rounds uh has a full beard he supports sort of like nine ancestral tenets like you only should be eating uh whole foods especially mainly from animals uh animal proteins you know he'll even like show videos of him eating bone marrow all this stuff so he had built an entire following he had had his own supplement brand and everything uh regarding this sort of belief that uh, you need to be as, as in line as you can with your ancestors in terms of your nutrition, your exercise, everything that you incorporate into your life. Um, and I wouldn't say he's necessarily a bad guy. I think he just really overused it, uh, overused his personality and, and just straight up lied. Um, you can actually look up right now him apologizing. Uh, it's a, an, apolo an apology video to all of his followers, which were millions at that point, um, about how one of his emails got leaked to his doctor talking about PD usage and you know the blood work that was done and recommendations and how we should be taking these to certain PEDs after he had been asked plenty of times um, and told people like no I'm not on PEDs I don't use this I don't use this and he comes out eventually saying yeah he made a mistake that he, he was in fact using steroids um, and that played a big part you know he as an influencer your business really surrounds the way you look and so it's going to be a huge incentive to use PEDs and lie to people and tell you that the program that you're using and the supplements that you are using is the reason you look this way. Yeah, um, and not to turn this into like a whole you know nutrition and diet podcast here, but was he was he championing the carnivore diet at some point? That I, I'm not entirely sure. I think I think mostly it was the carnivore diet. Like he, okay. I I just yeah. remember like hearing or like seeing him like eat like. Was it like like bull testicles or something like yeah, that? Or yeah, it was just like he would he would eat livers, bull testicles, bull hearts, <laughs> tongues, bone marrow. Um, yeah. Okay. Would... <laughs> I I want to I want to protect bone marrow. Bone marrow is great. It's delicious. Yeah, but I mean, for the average person, I don't think anyone's gonna order bone marrow off of like Amazon, <laughs> unless that's a, a, an available option. I have no idea. But anyway. 
um, there has definitely been a lot of these influencers and some of them have been caught like this guy some of them are still going strong um, you know a good one is another good one is Mike O'Hearn I don't know if you know that guy but he he's a massive bodybuilder he has a huge following as well he still to this day preaches um, that he's natural and that his genetics are just superior to everyone else's um, and so that has been probably one of the biggest issues in the industry that I have seen is people with the proliferation of you know using technology being online like yes you are making fitness much more accessible you are getting into the minds of these people they're having exercise in their minds a lot more which is good in one part but the second part these people in the general population they don't know how to vet these personal trainers and influencers they don't know how to tell whether they're credible or not because at the end of the day they associate a good looking person with health and that's probably one of the biggest issues and that's probably why it's not taken as seriously as I think it should be especially um, so yeah do you I guess we can just sort of talk about some general examples or use cases of like different misinformation we've seen yeah and how it's been used Definitely. do you have any examples that come up the top of your head <clears throat> off the top of my head I'm gonna have to think about this for yeah. a second I can go first um, I think the first thing that I have really the first thing that when I was learning about a lot about fitness, becoming a personal trainer, a huge thing that was becoming prominent was the keto diet. And so I had looked into it. I actually did it myself for a while um, because I didn't know any better. But I mean, it's not necessarily a bad diet, but it was Wait, definitely... Can you, for, for, the, for the people that have never heard of keto diet before, can you describe it? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. So a ketogenic diet is basically just uh, not consuming any carbs or extremely low level of carbs in your diet to support your body switching over to keto uh, to ketosis. Uh, this is a form of energy where it takes your fat, um, adipose tissue, and breaks that down into energy, which are called ketones. And instead of using glucose, which is your body's main primary source of energy, which comes from carbohydrates, it then switches to ketones. And the claim is that you will lose weight quicker because since your body is using ketones or fat as a primary fuel source, you'll burn fat quicker. Um, there's also been claims that it's generally better for cognitive function because your brain functions better off of these ketones rather than glucose. So that's sort of the general premise. Um, and I will say it's not necessarily a bad diet. It can absolutely work for some people. And I will say, I think, um, don't quote me on this, but uh, a lot of diabetics uh, prescribe the keto diet to sort of maintain uh, their glucose levels, which, you know, for medical use cases, I think keto diet can be used. Um, but for the general population, uh, it's really been blown out of proportion. Uh, the main thing I saw with this is a lot of studies were coming out, um, and th these studies were mainly being used to market ke the keto diet. You know, plenty of people were selling these diets, different meal plans, supplements such as uh, keto fat burners, which somehow put your body into ketosis by taking the pill, um, which I have no idea how that even works because you need to be in a state of ketosis already to be in ketosis. I don't know how a pill would ever make you do that. I think that's a scam in, in and of itself. Um, but anyway, what these studies were showing was basically uh, they were comparing two groups, one on a uh, low-fat, um, lower-carbohydrate higher, higher carbohydrate protocol, um, and then the other group was on a uh, high-fat and very low-carbohydrate protocol, a.k.a. the keto group. Um, and basically, over the course of a few weeks, they found that the heat group lost more mass, um, that lost more fat mass and, and weight over time. Um, however, all of these studies failed 
to mention um, that, or failed to sort of require the groups to uh, make the calories equal. So the researchers, mainly with a lot of these studies, gave them the sort of general guidelines, like, hey, you can't eat carbs, you'll be consuming this amount of carbs, but they didn't really equate the amount of calories that they're eating. So there, um, that was that's a huge deal because calories in versus calories out, obviously, is the number one key thing to weight loss, weight gain. Um, and with the keto group, ended up eating uh, less calories overall. Now, that could be a result of the keto diet. You know, more fat could make you feel more satiated. But at the end of the day, the calories weren't equated, so it's not really a fair comparison. The second thing to note there is this was only really done over a short term. Um, so when you're actually switching to a low-carbohydrate diet and trying to get keto in, you actually... Um, you will notice that you will have lower energy levels to start with and then you know maybe after a month or so your body will adapt you have higher energy levels and you'll notice that you'll drop a lot of weight this is something that you know someone listening to this podcast right now you probably have a friend or a family member who's like yeah i did keto um i dropped like 10 15 pounds first two weeks i heard this like at least five times from random people i lost like 10 15 pounds these first two weeks um it's going really well and then a month later you asked them about it and it was like uh nothing really happened yeah I, I remember um i think it was like my junior year i was taking biochemistry and one of the first things that our professor told us was not to do the keto diet um we were learning about uh i think it was like beta oxidation at that time and it was basically how fats break down mm-hmm. and we we're we we're essentially learning that like people that do the keto diet and like try to do it long term they undergo this um, process called ketoacidosis where uh, all these fats are going to be broken down in a way that is just not ideal for you so if you're trying to do a keto diet you, you're probably going to see that you're getting all these headaches you're going to feel like you know terrible you're you're just not going to feel really healthy yeah um, I will say it does work for other people better than others but I- at the end of the day, the whole the whole idea of why it became so popular in the first place is for weight loss purposes, um, and the big issue with that is when you reduce carbohydrates, that naturally lowers the amount of water and glucose in your muscle in your skin, and that in and of itself, your body's made like sixty eighty percent of water, um, that will lower your water weight, which is a temporary thing, but can very easily be increased by just consuming some carbohydrates again. So it's not exactly what you're looking for in a weight loss diet, and those study findings were definitely blown out of proportion. So that's just one example. Keto keto is just one example of how, you know, research was quote-unquote a little bit abused and then used for a sort of marketing scheme and blow it out of proportion. Yeah, I, I, so I did think of an example in which, um, you know, you see a lot of fluff uh, in the industry. And one of the ways specifically is I always see this guy on Instagram, not to not to throw any shade, but this guy, I think his name is like Scott, Scott Matheson or something like that. Um, he's always doing like these like hit workouts and like burpees and like mountain climbers and things like that. And it's like, don't get me wrong, right? Like getting these this exercise in, like increasing your uh, your uh, your heart rate and you know just moving um, your body is really good for you, right? But He's a really, really shredded guy with like really just like cut abs. And the implication with all of this content that he produces is that if you do exactly what he does, you're gonna look exactly like him. Um, and I think that is really, really indicative of like the misrepresentation and, and just like misleading nature of social media and fitness. 
Yeah, and that kind of goes to the point I want to bring up. Also, apologize if you heard any weird screaming. There are weird people on the street <laughs> right now. Um, but anyway, the one that kind of brings up the point I want to bring up where there's really a lack of holistic information. Um, you know, a lot of people are focused on this certain exercise routine, this certain diet, this certain demonizing, this certain nutrient within a diet. Um, and it, 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 you know, people are always looking for that shortcut or for that one quick, easy fix um, to solve all their fitness and nutrition problems when there's just never going to be. It, it's, it's basically just a fool's errand at that point. You're, you're constantly switching from the carnivore diet's good for you to seed oils are bad for you to even people saying vegetables are now bad for you. Um, you know, certain minerals like carbohydrates, sugars are bad for you. And so it's going to keep on going and going and going. And no one's ever really going to figure out <laughs> what the issue is. And that's because it's a complex topic. Like you can't just target exercise. One certain aspect of exercise, like this one core program is going to help you. It, it's much more holistic. There's very a lack of, of real information that is holistic. What I mean by holistic is like it's taking into account your exercise, your activity level outside of exercise, your stress, your sleep, your nutrition. It's its its a spectrum of everything. It's not just one thing or the other. Mm -hmm. And so can you can you kind of share with our listeners here, Sebastian, um, where getting a coach comes up into play? Why for most people, you know, that have only been given access to all this information available that's unregulated on social media, why getting someone that looks at all these things specific to them is the best way to manage their fitness. Yeah. Um, so I will say that there are coaches out there you need to watch out for, and there are coaches out there that are great. But if you get the right coach, um, they will be very level-headed. They will have a holistic approach to fitness. They will have heard all of these claims. Whenever they hear a new claim, they'll go out and research it. But essentially what a coach does is they also are hearing all of this noise on social media for you. They understand what's going on. And the thing is, they actually know how to break it down. They actually can tell you know, a lie from a truth. Um, and so a good coach will help you navigate all of that for you. You're not going to have to look up online, is keto good for me? Is this certain diet for me? And good for me. He's going to know that answer right on the spot. Not necessarily right on the spot. You know, if you want to try keto, he might implement something like that. See how your body responds. If you're if your energy levels are like all the way through the roof all of a sudden, then maybe keto is a good diet for you. Um, but that coach is there to help you figure that out for yourself, not to just, you know, send you out into the fire where, you know, you just search one question on Google and you get 10 million different articles all saying different things. Mm -hmm. um, it really just helps you filter that out that information and decide what's best for you and how you should be moving forward. Um, but that brings up a whole other point in the fitness industry of the lack of credibility with trainers and coaches in general. Um, for example, I, I interviewed a coach today for Bastion, um, and you know he seemed really great on the surface. He had you know good qualifications. He had been doing it for years. He had a lot of clients. Um, but one thing that really concerned me was that he said that he had uh, tested out the carnival diet with some of his clients and had them running it and had him doing it. And you know I've tried to prompt him like why would you have them do this? Um, and so if you're not familiar with the carnivore diet, it's just mainly eating animal proteins. And at this point it, it was a huge, it was a huge fad. Some people still like it. Some people, um, there's a lot of, you know, noise around it right now, but I can say this, um, there are absolutely no real good claims coming from it. 
Uh, when you look at the science from all of it, we could this could be an entire episode in and of itself of the carnivore diet, what the claims are, what's wrong. But just listen to me right now when I say the science does not back up any sort of claims that they have, really. Um, we can look at all the data from uh, a, you know, a historical human standpoint as well as a nutritional standpoint. Um, you know, a carnivore diet may be good for someone who had no diet in the first place, but in general, overall nutrition is just not. And so this personal trainer I was I was interviewing, um, you know, was like sort of forcing this carnivore diet onto his clients and having him do that. And it just kind of concerned me and it quite leads overall into sort of what the personal training industry is now. Um, and that's sort of the issue we're kind of trying to solve with Bastion in general is we're really trying to give these great coaches and trainers who do know what they're talking about a platform to actually voice their opinion on, um, not, not so much opinion, but voice what the actual correct information is on. Um, and so a huge issue, the reason why it's such a big issue is because in order to get certified as a personal trainer, you only need to pass one exam. And this one exam, you have to pass 60% on. Uh, the information isn't very holistic. It's basically just anatomy and certain things like that. And so, yeah, I mean, that's sort of what I've seen, especially in the industry. But overall, getting a coach is really, really great and beneficial as long as you're finding the right one. I just say be careful with it. Yeah. I mean, along with the science, um, you know, actually using their common sense about like, okay, is it okay for me to eat meat all the time or should I actually incorporate vegetables and other things for fiber? Um, Along with all this baseline knowledge of science, right? These coaches know what's best for you holistically, right? Um, So for example, if you go onto Instagram and you find a workout that is 20 minutes of supersetting a bunch of exercises, right? You might try that once and you might try that twice and you might try that three times. And after that third time, you might say, this is not for me. And because that little short amount of exercise, these three days, three days left a bad taste in your mouth, you're really going to lose a lot of the reason of you know, you're, you're really going to lose a lot of sight of what the purpose of exercise is, right? Of course, um, a lot of people do exercise with a specific goal in mind, in mind but you also want to make sure that you're enjoying it throughout, right? And what a coach, specifically a bashing coach does, is they calibrate you towards your goals and make it realistic for you to eventually become and have the sort of lifestyle of someone that can maintain that goal. And it's not just a, all right, you wake up tomorrow and you know, you got to wake up at 4 a.m. tomorrow and you got to do five hours of workouts and you got to eat all greens all the time, right? No, it's a steady progress, uh, steady progression. And these coaches know exactly how to take you through that no matter where your starting point is. Yeah. And I guess we can sort of talk about what our coaches do a little bit differently just sort of help, you know, whoever's listening to this pick apart, you know, who they should really be hiring. Yeah. How, how do our coach, coaches, uh, you know, resolve this problem of... The, yeah. the biggest problem in the fitness industry of misinformation. Yeah, so we, as Bastion, we're very selective in our process of choosing coaches, and we kind of base them off of these four core concepts. Um, one is, have they sort of mastered exercise and nutrition science in some capacity? So that does not mean they know absolutely every single little detail about and exercise it, nutrition. It doesn't mean that they're all bodybuilders or like national champions at powerlifting. Yeah. But instead, they have found their niche, whether that is bodybuilding or something completely different. You know, some have even been postmenopausal women or senior fitness or functional fitness or marathon running. They have found their niche where they have sort of 
mastered in and they're continuing to master that sort of uh, exercise nutritional science. So that's the first step. The second step is we really look for have they sort of partially mastered human behavior? So you'll find that a lot of the coaches uh, that train through Bastion will have a certification in behavior change or a double major in psychology and kinesiology. Um, this is because you know you can know all the knowledge in the in the world and tell you exactly tell their clients exactly what they need to be doing to optimize their progress, but you need to be able to pl apply that to that individual. If you can't get your client to move and get them to do something to make progress towards their goal, um, then you're never going to be a successful coach. You know, one of the quotes that you sent <laughs> to me uh, from a podcast that we listen to is, you know, science does not, um, science informs us, informs us of the methods that we do, but it is not coaching. And so that's definitely sort of the approach that all coaches should take. Um, they should be prompting you with questions, asking for your feedback on everything. Um, and another thing uh, with the human behavior aspect, is they really meet you where you're at so that means that you know these coaches have such a breadth and and wealth of knowledge that they can train a high level bodybuilder but that also means they know exactly how to tackle the question of okay how do i get this person who's just starting off fitness you know say a busy mom a busy dad um that has no time in their schedule how can i get them to get a little bit closer to their goal so they have the skills to not only take it to an advanced elite level, but they know how to break it down into the smallest actionable items that you can do right now to actually start making progress with your goals. So that's that's a huge part of the aspect. Um, and the final part is really humility. I think that's a huge part for any coach because um, a coach that is, that is humble will have the ability to listen to you as a client. They're going to hear you and they're going to hear your struggles, your feedback to them, and they're not going to just push that aside and say they know better than you. They're going to say that, yes, they are more knowledgeable in fitness generally, but they also admit that they can actually learn something from you as a client. And they can learn from everybody else in terms of the fitness industry, in terms of coaches and trainers, on how to do their coaching better. They're not, they're not stuck to one method of doing things. They're not stuck to a certain exercise or, or splits or anything. They're very malleable in the way they coach, and they're constantly learning over the course of uh, their entire lives, really, um, how to do it better. Yep. So just to, just to sum that up one more time, you're going to help have to help me with this, Seb. It's one, a mastery of exercise science, nutrition, fitness in some capacity. Mm -hmm. Two is uh, taking a very client-centered approach that's very evidence-based, so they, they know their knowledge, and they're really centering all of their questions and feedback around you as the client. Um, and third is the human behavior aspect of it. They understand what you go through as a human being. They understand sort of basic levels of psychology, um, how habits get people to move, how to make you move. And four is the ability to look at any situation and really absorb that with humility, saying, I have a lot to learn with this specific client, this specific situation, this specific goal. Yeah. And so that's sort of the basis that we hold all of our coaches uh, up to this standard. And ultimately, I, I, we really hope to bring that standard across the fitness industry entirely. I, I'd really like to see it be taken more seriously in that aspect because um, one of the things that I have especially noticed um, is that you know a huge amount of health problems could just be avoided from the root cause of just dialing in your nutrition and dialing in your exercise activity. Um, pretty sure I read the statistic, it was like, 
every single year just in the United States alone, 50, I think it was $50 billion um, of healthcare costs could be prevented from simple nutrition and exercise. And so um, it's, it, it's really important. You know, I really, I really feel as if the education for personal trainers should be taken more seriously and, you know, as a whole, but that's sort of just my opinion and take on it. Yeah, well, you heard it here first, folks. Um, coming at you from the studio. Uh, this is Eddie Jung and Sebastian Patino. Um, we hope that you've benefited from the information that we've shared with you today. We hope that you can look at the available information you find on social media, um, on YouTube, and look at it with this new lens of a little bit of skepticism and really evaluate whether the person sharing this information for free is doing it in your best interest. And as always, if you're interested in receiving the best tailored fitness expertise for you, check out our website at bashandfit.com.